everybody? Ryan Rucco here. Another episode of R2C2. You guys know the deal. New episodes every Thursday. Bonus episodes as well. You can follow us, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure you're subscribed to us on YouTube. We have our own YouTube page. Just type in R2C2 in the search bar and you can follow us there and watch full episodes every single week as well. If you listen often, which we hope you do, you would know that this is normally not how we start the episodes. And this is not the voice of Karsten Charles Sabathia, which is probably having you wonder, well, where is Karsten Charles Sabathia? Well, he told us where he was going to be. CeCe's on the the first uh, all Sabathia children, plus he and Amber uh, trip in a while because each kid has had so much going on. So he's got a little uh, retreat for the week. So you're stuck with me. But you get me and you get Scott Efros, uh, one of the uh, new Yankees, one of the deadline acquisitions reliever. Scott is really, I think you're going to hear him. He's a really earnest dude. Interesting to hear about him. If you don't know his journey from the minor leagues and how he got to the majors and the interesting change he made while in the minors and the former Yankee who helped him, well, you're going to really love this. Uh, and even if you already know that, you're going to love it still because he gives us more details on that journey. So you're going to have to stay tuned. Obviously, right now, the Yankees struggling mightily. Just feels like, you know, earlier in the year, and this is an intangible thing, but you guys know when you watch a team day in, day out, it becomes a tangible thing, right? Where you just kind of know a team is going to win on a given night uh, or not. And earlier in the season, it just, you just knew that this team was going to win every single day. Um, I had this line that I used in 2009 for our, um, I was our scoreboard host at the time. uh, And I was doing uh, the voiceover and the writing for a pump up video we were doing at the beginning of the playoffs. And I used this line, which I still love to this day, but it was very true about that team. And I said, um, with this team, a deficit is just a lead in waiting. And that's the way it felt. Remember all the walk-off wins with that team, all the comebacks? That's the way it felt. Well, I thought of that line with the 2022 Yankees earlier this year. It really did feel like any time they trailed, it was just a matter of time before they took the lead. And we saw all the walk-off wins partly as a result of that. Right now, all those games were just feel like no matter what, they were going to find a way to win. It kind of feels like they're finding ways to lose. And it just is out of sync. You get a good start, you don't hit. You hit, you don't get a good start. You hit and you get a good start, the bullpen blows it. You get some timely hits. You take a late lead, bullpen gives it up. Guys you've relied upon, give it up at the times where you don't need them to. You know, that's kind of what it feels like right now. And the only real constant and thing that you've been able to trust uh, throughout this entire process has been the production of DJ LeMahieu and Aaron Judge. And now DJ is dealing with a little bit of a nagging foot-toe situation. And and I put Rizzo in there and his reliability as well, producing in the order. But he just had the back where he missed five games. That's why I didn't. That's kind of what you're dealing with right now. Now, I think the encouraging thing, and I know a lot of times people don't want to hear that um, while you're going through the bad feelings of losing, but the encouraging thing is 
this lineup looks completely different when John Carlos stands in it. And he's very close to returning. Okay. Completely different. Uh, Carpenter coming back at some point also would be another boost to the lineup, but just getting Stanton makes the offense feel completely different than what it feels like without him. It's just another bat you have to navigate that is taxing mentally for a pitcher and that lengthens the lineup in a massive way. So I do feel like that's a big difference. I also think that when Severino comes back, that's a significant difference, whether he's being used as a starter or in the pen. And you could make an argument that he might be more useful in the pen. Britain potentially coming back is another thing that could be a big boost for the pen. So I do think there are tangible things on the table for this team that are going to make it feel much different in October than what it feels like right now. Also encouraging the starting rotation, which had been scuffling, has started to find its way. Uh, The things that are disappointing right now, obviously, offensively, you have a lot of guys who have have really struggled uh, for extended periods of time. Donaldson has had a big-time down year offensively, even though his defense has been great. Torres looked like he had found it again after his slow start to the season. Had a couple of months where he looked like an all-star. Could have been an all-star. Since the all-star break, his production has really been bad. And I also think his at-bats have been bad. You know, Glaber's, and I know you know this if you've watched every day, Glaber's swinging at the first or second pitch almost every single at-bat and without producing while doing so. So that has been tough to watch. Uh, Obviously, Kinder Falefa kind of is what he is. High contact, okay average, not much else. Um, you know, an upgraded shortstop from what the Yankees had last year, bring some speed. I think if the other guys were doing their thing, he would fit in around them fine. But Hicks, who got off to a dreadful start, or I should say had a dreadful May, had a pretty decent April, dreadful May, had an awesome June, July period, has now been, has really, really struggled in August. So you have kind of Donaldson, Torres, Hicks struggling, kind of Falefa kind of is what he is, which he can, you know, be an abutment to the lineup if he has the other things in place that he needs in the middle. But if you have three guys who you need to hit not hitting, then all of a sudden you notice more what kind of Falefa can't do instead of what he can. And then you also go to Benintendi, who's a guy with a great track record, who's hit a little more lately and you expect to hit. But on the whole, since he's come over, has not hit either. And then you have, you know, injury to Rizzo for five games, injury to Stanton. Injury to Carpenter, little injury to LeMahieu, and there's just not a lot of offense there. There just isn't. So that's the biggest issue right now with this team. Again, it's not at the point where I'm discouraged or dismayed and think there's a fatal flaw with this team because of what I just outlined of who's coming back, but it does make me curious about the timeline of Harrison Bader, who the Yankees traded for to be their center fielder, of the possibility of seeing any of their minor leaguers. It's hard to ask, you know, Peraza or Floreal to, you know, save this season, save a team that's floundering. But is it possible that they could actually be an injection that this team might need? I think at this point, if you're being honest, you have to at least say that is possible. So I am not totally um, discouraged. I'm not saying throw the towel in on the 2022 Yankees, but at this moment, of course, you should have some concerns. This team is, you know, 10 games under 500 over its last month plus of baseball. Having said that, they were so good early that they still have a double-digit lead in the division. So that 
is the good news. Um, felt like we need to give you a little Yankee recap, given the struggles lately, but also want you to get to know one of their new guys. You know, one of the reasons CC and I love R2C2 is we think you get a window into the personalities of these people who you watch on TV, right? And you get to feel more connected to the players. And, you know, the, probably the biggest example I saw of that was with Sonny Gray, who the fan base had huge issues with because of performance on the field. But I had so many people after he was on R2C to say, man, I don't want this guy to struggle. I want to root for him. And I think you're going to feel this way about Scott Efros. He's not as effervescent or outgoing as Sonny, but he just, you could tell, he's just like a, a good, earnest dude who kind of sounds like a Yankee already. Uh, and he's pitched well after a, a rough uh, couple uh, outings to begin his career with the Yankees. He's had a couple really good outings, including that save at Fenway Park. So without further ado, here is new Yankee reliever Scott Efros on R2C2. <laughs> Okay, Scott, biggest thing after a trade, right? Finding living arrangements. How how crazy is the process of just finding a home after you get traded? Yeah, um, still kind of going through that, I guess, a little bit. Um, I'm in the hotel right now uh, here in New York and uh, might just do that the rest of the time, honestly. Uh, We don't have too much longer uh, at home during the regular season, so um, probably just... Probably just do that for the time being makes it a little easier than trying to find an apartment for, for two or three months. So uh, just going through that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, definitely a whirlwind for as far as that goes. Now, did you have you thought about or had you thought about when you were traded? Oh, where do I want to live? Do I want to live right in Manhattan? Do I want to live outside the city? Like, what did you did you assess that pretty quickly? And where'd you land on that? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that might be like a conversation for next year as far as like have some time to to look through it. But I've I've definitely been, definitely been looking around as far as like, you know, asking around where guys live and some guys live North of the stadium. Some guys live in New Jersey, you know, some guys live in the city. So I'm just kind of getting different viewpoints, but uh, yeah, I mean, obviously plenty of options here and uh, you know, looking forward to, to kind of settle into a place, a place next year, maybe. I've done both and there's, there's value in both. I lived in the city for, for 13 years, loved it, loved every second of it. Now I'm in the burbs, and I love that too, man. It kind of depends what you're what you're looking for, you know. Do you yeah. do you want to feel that energy in action on a daily basis, or do you kind of want that respite away from it? You know, it's. Um, but the good news is, it's it's all within your reach and all viable for still getting to the stadium. So there are options for you. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> so Scott, you, you get traded and you know, obviously at the deadline, some people know, yeah, like I'm probably going to be traded. And, and some people have, you know, no idea. Other people think eh, it could happen. The Cubs were in a position to sell right with where they're at this season, but how much had you heard your name brought up in the lead up to the trade deadline? Not much really. Uh, it was, it was pretty shocking. Um, to to get traded i think uh honestly that might have been the biggest shocking it wasn't you know like with other people i guess so it's just kind of kind of took took me you know took me uh uh you know kind of off guard a little bit um when our when our gm told me but um you know i kind of had to just pretty quickly and get here but um yeah it was it was it was a little shocking for sure to kind of hear hear my name get uh you know get floated in trade rumors and then get traded so is it exciting when you know you're going to a contender or 
is it still is there still a feeling of like oh this is my team i don't want to get traded yeah i think i think there's you know definitely it was a bittersweet moment that was that was the organization that drafted me and and you know kind of gave me a, a chance to pitch in the big leagues and um a lot of my best friends were there but um on the same on the same side of that you know get to pitch get to come to the new york yankees i mean you know it's not not many better situations than this in baseball so um definitely really honored to to be able to come here uh, that they they thought so much of me to, to bring me here and and you know have me have me try to compete for for another world series ring and um you know i think i think like I said, like saying bye to those guys was obviously tough, but getting here and, and getting to know these guys has been, you know, it's been great so far. And I'm excited to kind of, you know, um, finish the rest of the season, see what happens. But uh, yeah, I mean, kind of a, a mixture of both, I guess would be the easiest answer. You know, there's so many interesting aspects of your story and some of our audience is going to be familiar and some of them, many of them are not and, and want to dive into a lot of the elements of that. But just to stick with just some of the particulars before we get into that of just around being traded something. I mean, for all my conversations that I've had with pitchers and catchers in, in my life, I don't know that I've ever just asked right after a trade, what is the process like for getting on the same page with your, your new catchers with your new pitching staff with kind of what the organization believes philosophically, what's that onboarding process like for you? Yeah. Um, that was honestly really, really impressive the way they handled it. Um, Matt Blake was, was awesome as far as introducing himself and kind of getting me on the same page really quick with, uh, with everybody and, and, and Higgy and Trevi have been awesome to work with so far. I feel like, you know, they've already kind of learned, learned me as a pitcher and learned my strengths so far. Um, I've only thrown like six times or so. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, you know, we had, we had kind of a meeting as far as like what my strengths were, what they thought I'd, did best from this year as far as their numbers and everything and, and kind of just went over that. So I, I felt like I got up to speed as much as I could as, as quickly as possible. And, and obviously it takes some time, you know, um, certain things change throughout the year where you're throwing a pitch differently and, you know, the catcher sees something they want to work on or the pitching coach sees something they want to work on or add in. So I think that's just normal baseball, but as far as, you know, as far as um, the trade getting traded over here and, and kind of, having them get me up to speed as quick as possible. They did a great job, great job with that. And I feel, I feel really comfortable throwing to throwing it. I've thrown to Trevi so far, but even, even Higgy that, you know, those guys game plan so, so well. And um, they really take pride in what they're doing behind the plate. So I'm um, really excited to, really excited to keep working with them. When they say, you know, here's what you do. Well, Scott, are you looking at it and saying, are they saying like, we love this pitch shape or like, here's your spin rate on this, or is it, here's the, you know, OPS against this pitch. Like what, what kind of analytics are you being, you know, given as they're kind of breaking down why they like whatever, or maybe it's beyond analytics. Yeah. I think more so, I think it's at this point of the season, it's got, it's about what's getting guys out. Um, you know, obviously uh, we want to stay on top of everything analytically and, and, and they have a great staff here in place to to do that is if, if a pitch kind of gets out of whack, but um you know, I think when we had our initial meeting and kind of through the conversations, like, Hey, what works most effectively for you for getting X type of hitter out, or, you know, what, what do you use to get this type of lefty out? So, so things like that are, is kind of the conversation, but, um, all those things play into it. So I think, um, really, you know, I, I got traded here and they kind of wanted to keep, keep me having doing what I was doing for the most part, um, in, in Chicago. And, 
um, kind of use my strengths, like I said, and, and kind of go and attack guys. So, um, like I said, the, the game playing from, from Trevi and Higgy has, has been amazing that, you know, there's not a hitter in the lineup that they don't, they don't know, you know, everything about. So, um, they're really, really good and on top of it. So, um, just kind of trusting that back there and, and, you know, uh, you know, makes me feel confident in whatever pitch I'm throwing. Let, before we dive into the origin story of how Scott F. Ross became the pitcher we see today, let's start with what has been the highlight of your, you know, Yankee tenure thus far. And it's a brief tenure, but no doubt getting that save at Fenway park, you guys in desperate need of a win when you're now, we know earlier in the year, Aroldis Chapman's the closer. I, obviously you weren't here yet, but you know, and, he, he's been a closer for more than a decade now, right? Then Clay Holmes, an all-star, pitching lights out. He, you know, becomes a closer. So it wouldn't seem that that role would be up for grabs at any point. But right now, it is with the way Clay's struggled lately and Araldis kind of been used in sort of a, you know, fireman role right now at any point. And you get the call to close that game against the Red Sox. How... I mean, what are the nerves like, the anticipation like for that moment? Yeah, it was uh it was definitely a pretty surreal moment. I don't I don't think I could kind of imagine uh at the beginning of the season or even even when I got traded, like I mean, obviously I knew that I was getting traded here to do a job and and kind of compete in those games, but until you until you actually do it and kind of get out there in it, um it kind of uh it kind of you don't know how to react to it. So um felt relatively calm for, for the most part, uh, as far as, uh, my nerves, but, um, really, like you said, we, we needed to win. I wanted to go out there and, and, and kind of do my job and, 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 and the ball game. So, um, it was, it was a pretty exciting moment. I definitely would have to say that that's probably the top one so far in the last, you know, 10 days or so that I've been a Yankee, but like, I went back, like I going back to the catchers, like that's, that's a moment where you kind of got to, you know, trust the catcher and trust your defense to make plays behind you. And, and Trevi made a great play coming up, throwing the ball to second base, um, in that inning. So that kind of helped me out, but, um, really, really exciting moment, uh, to, to kind of be able to close that out and get us a win. It, it, when you're, you know, when you're feeling those nerves, what, what, what do you do to try and calm yourself? What are your tactics to try and, you know, just get back to trying to execute a pitch? Yeah, I think being able to kind of separate from the mound for just a second and, and kind of taking taking your time, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you have the ball in your hand, so you kind of control the game, the game pace. So um, if you need an extra second, you know, taking an extra second there. But uh, for me, I think, you know, trying to trying to make everything as, as as simple as possible, I think is, is kind of what I would, what I would like to do. And, uh, it's hard sometimes, but, um, I think, you know, trying to just focus on one pitch at a time and, and kind of have that thought process kind of cleans up everything else that's kind of going on around you. When you are coming into a game, let, let not just, let's say the save situation at Fenway, which was particularly unique. And you did such a wonderful job to, to lock down that save and, and with men on base against, you know, the heart of the order as well. But when you're just coming into a game for the Yankees and it's early on in your tenure, are you feeling the weight of, wow, like this is the Yankees. People pay attention. People care. Like, are, does that seep in at all? Or, or is that something you have to like kind of actively engage against to focus back on the mound? How do you deal with that, Scott? Yeah, I think there's certainly an aspect of obviously it's, you know, probably, probably the biggest fan base in the sport. Um, so there's definitely an aspect of that, but I think for me right now, it's, it's, you know, 
new team, new teammates and new, new staff. I, you know, I want to, you know, go out there and, and kind of, you know, do it, for, do it for them and kind of, you know, like, you know, have them, you know, almost like earn the, earn the respect the clubhouse a little bit and kind of go out there and compete for them. So uh, I think it's more so that I think it's, you know, it's a great, it's a great team. Everyone's been so welcoming to me here. And, you know, I think just having me settle in with them has, has been huge. So um, really just trying to go out and compete for them, I think is the bigger thing for me that I'm focusing on. And I think for that, it, it kind of goes back to, you know, making things simple and not focusing on everything that's going on outside, just kind of focusing on, Focusing on the diamond, focusing on one pitch at a time. I know it's cliche, but um, really just kind of doing my best to, to keep, keep things as simple as possible. I know it's it's a lot going on for sure, um, but it's uh, you know it's been, it's been fun so far. And like I said, the, the clubhouse has been awesome. The, the team's been amazing to kind of welcome me in and so far. And, and you know, I feel like I'm you know feel like I'm definitely you know learning everybody and and you know enjoying it so far. When you are in the minor leagues, now we will go back to the origin uh, and, and, and we'll go beyond even this, but let's start with the baseball aspect of it. You're in the minors and you know, things are, things are going okay, right? Your, your numbers are, are, have been all right in the minors thus far. You have a great career at Indiana in college. You're in the minors. You're, you're pitching in high a, you're pitching to a, you know, an ERA in the low threes, which is obviously very solid. Then in double A in 2018, you know, the results aren't quite there, right? And at what point does Ron Valone suggest to you, who Yankees fans are familiar with, at what point does he suggest to you, hey, maybe you should try dropping down? Yeah. I mean, anytime I get a get a chance to talk about RD, I'll I'll take it. That that guy puts a smile on my face just seeing him. So um, yeah, so it was, uh, 2019, um, like you said, I was kind of just an up and down kind of reliever, uh, in the Cubs organization, uh, double A was my second year in double A at the time. And it was right before the all-star break, uh, double A we were at home, um, in Tennessee, Knoxville, Tennessee. And, um, he, you know, it came up to me and said like, Hey, you know, like, see, drop down, to just throw a cup. I'm like, ah, you know, like, I don't really know what this means, but okay. So I'm listening, listen to anything you'd have to say. And, uh, he told me like the organization approached me about, um, you know, asking you to drop down, would you be willing to listen? I'm like, yeah, you know, like I really hadn't like thought about it, but, um, kind of wanted to know the reasoning behind it. And we had some discussions about what they thought and like how it could benefit from changing my arm action, giving me more deception and, um, you know, give me a different look that they really didn't have at the time in the minor league. So, um, you know, I thought about it for a little bit and after, you know, about a week or so, I talked to my family and my wife and everything decided to, you know, let's, let's, let's go for it. Let's see what happens. And, you know, I, I think, you know, um, at that point really, you know, kind of had to make that choice, I guess, to, you know, stay in the organization, I guess. But, um, you know, I went down to, uh, went down to Arizona for, for about two months to kind of work on, um, work on my arm slot and kind of slowly get to, uh, you know, slot that's felt, that felt comfortable. Um, you know, we kind of worked on a couple of different things. Our rehab pitching coach, uh, Josh side, who was there at the time was, was my guy every day down there. And he's still there as the rehab guy. And, uh, he, um, you know, we kind of worked at it, worked to get to a slot that felt comfortable and like, you know, maximize my velo, my, my pitch shapes and everything. And, um, just throwing a lot of bullpens, a lot of games to catch everything. So got comfortable where it's like, okay, like we, we can compete with this. So I started doing some live VPs down there, <clears throat> started doing some, uh, some of the AZL games down there at the complex. And then for the last month in 2019, um, 
I went out to Myrtle Beach, was our high, high affiliate there. So I went there for last month and threw pretty well. Um, you know, good experience for like 15 innings or so. And then uh, finished in the fall league actually that year. So I got an extra like 15 innings, which was huge to kind of compete against really good talent at that time and um, kind of, you know, solidify myself with, with the motion. So I'm like, okay, I feel like this is fairly comfortable. Um, 2020 comes along, didn't get to play. Um, uh, so I was at home uh, living in Pittsburgh and, we had a really great group of a lot of other pro guys and college guys who were playing as well. So we kind of ran some live VPs um, on some fields, some fields there during the summer and, and were able to work on my mechanics without like the pressure of competing um, at that time. So uh, I credit a lot that to that year, we were constant communication um, with zooms and like, you know, from the Cubs organization, as far as like what they want from me and everything with this. So really I thought that year was kind of crucial for me as far as, you know, my development of, my mechanics with that. So when I came into 2021, um, I felt really comfortable with my mechanics, um, started a minor league camp, went to double a, uh, for the first month and then triple a for three months and then got called up at the, uh, the end of August last year. Or so right around this time last year, um, for my debut. So it's been a whirlwind, uh, you know, it's been kind of a long three years, but also a short three years, I guess, since I switched. But, um, you know, when everybody asks me about this, I always say how incredibly grateful I am for, for RV, for, for, for the Cubs, you know, organization to kind of give me that second chance to, to, you know, become a new pitcher and, and give me a chance to pitch the big leagues. They had a lot of faith in me as a person to, to, to let me do that. So I'm always, always incredibly grateful for that. Was there anything about your profile in particular that they mentioned Scott to say, Hey, Here's why we think you could drop down and have success throwing sidearm and have success. Yeah. I think the biggest thing was I was already like a lower three quarters pitcher. Um, I wasn't like completely over the top. So it was a huge drastic change. Um, a lot of it was really just like a, a hip hinge. I think uh, mm. was the biggest thing. So um, I think that was probably the, the biggest thing in my pitch shapes at the time were kind of uh, profiled as like what a sidearm guy would traditionally throw. So um, that, and I think the ability to bounce back quickly that I've shown the minors, I think they kind of valued and, um, they trust me to do it. Um, you know, and, and they gave me all the resources to, to do it well and, um, you know, do it the right way. And, um, uh, you know, like I said, you know, really, really, um, really, really grateful for them to kind of give me that, that, that second chance. So when you're, when you're doing it in 2019, though, you are literally, while the minor league season's going on, you're down in Arizona just working on mechanics, correct? Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was pretty much it. I mean, is that just because you're a competitor, right? Like, you're used to playing games at this time of year. How disorienting was that to know, like, wait, there's games going on that I could be competing in, but instead I'm throwing bullpens down here, and it's not because I'm hurt. I'm healthy, but I'm, but I'm just down here working on things. Yeah, I think, you know, I actually, you know, hadn't thought about that too much, but kind of the first thing that comes to mind with that is I think there was probably a moment early on in it, uh, like that I thought like, ah, you know, like this, you know, would love to be competing, but like early on in the process, once I started to see the, like how my pitches were changing and how I felt like they were coming out of my hand, I was like, okay, I think this might work. So like, kind of my entire intention switched to, you know, making this, uh, making this work, um, you know, fully without, you know, thinking of whatever happened in the past. So I think there was definitely like an aspect of like a moment where I'm like, okay, like, I think this, I could have a chance of doing this. So, uh, might as well go in with both feet and, and kind of attack it as much as I could. 
Well, clearly worked out. So I have to ask from the conversations with the family, with the wife, who, who was the biggest proponent of, yes, do this, do, <laughs> drop down, Scott. Uh, probably my wife, honestly, she, she's like, way to go. Wife. Yeah. <laughs> she nailed it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She's like, I was like, kind of like unsure about it and everything. She's like, you're going to go and do it. And like, you know, just like give it your all and whatever happens happens. And I was like, all right, like I, I trust you. No, no reason not to. So, um, there was, yeah, I think those conversations kind of, and like a, a lot of other guys, like teammates that I've had in the past were kind of like, you know, this is a great opportunity to, to go and do something new and, and, you know, kind of you know, recreate yourself a little bit. So, um, yeah, I think just kind of having those conversations kind of pushed me a little bit forward in the right direction. And your wife is your high school sweetheart, right? Yeah. Yeah. We went to high school together. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I mean, see at like, there's so many in any of I'm married as well. Didn't meet my wife in high school, but anyone in this business can, I think, or in sports, like you really have a unique appreciation for that relationship because you know everything about it is weird and off schedule compared to most people in our lives right like it's it's weekends it's nights it's holidays it's it's all of those things and in your case for a minor league baseball player like that is a particularly taxing journey in a way that I'll never know that you obviously know very intimately you know so i imagine for her having been with you through the journey seeing you go sidearm and work out now, seeing you have major league success, that's got to be amazing for her. And then for you as a team, right? Yeah, definitely. No, I, I certainly couldn't do any of this without her support. Um, you know, she's, she's coming to, she's coming to the games this weekend. So first time she gets to see me in a Yankee uniform. Uh, so that'll be a pretty nice. special moment. So uh, I'm really excited for that. And, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think you nailed it as far as like, you know, it's definitely a long, long journey. It took me, you know, about seven years to, to get to the major leagues. And, you know, now that we've kind of, you know, gotten here, you know, I've had success so far and, you know, want to continue that. But, um, I think, you know, kind of just appreciating the, the journey and, and kind of, um, trying to do the best we can to kind of soak in the moments and, 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 you know, take advantage of our time here. So, um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's definitely, you know, it's been, um, it's been, it's been a wild, uh, <laughs> wild couple of weeks. So we're starting to settle in a little bit. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, it's definitely, definitely exciting and really, really grateful to have her, have her with me for, for, for all this. Were there any points during the seven years that you thought like, or that you seriously thought about hanging it up, trying something else thinking, okay, I, I, I took this journey as far as I can take it. And now it's time to move on. Not seriously. Uh, you know, obviously those thoughts come in your head and, um, you know, they happen to, to every ball player as far as that goes when you're, when you're doing that. But, um, you know, I, I don't think I ever got to that moment. And I think, um, when I did get the chance to kind of switch the sidearm, it almost gave me like a new life. Um, and looking back on that time, I, you know, I, there might've been some, some moments in there that, um, you know, maybe that decision would have crept in and more, more prominently, um, or that, that thought process might've crept into my head a little bit more prominently as far as like switching careers. And, um, you know, but like I said, just getting that kind of second chance to become, become a completely new pitcher was, you know, best thing to happen in my baseball career for sure. And, you know, uh, you know, really kind of still learning, still learning the process of being, you know, major leaguer and everything and still kind of go through all that process. So, um, you know, really just trying to, you know, uh, really do my best to kind of soak in each day and kind of learn and, and, and do my best to, you know, uh, keep moving forward. You know, when you, when you're, you know, trying something new like this, 
I'd imagine that there might be different benchmarks that reinforce, oh, this can work, right? Maybe it's a reaction of hitters on a given day. Maybe it's a certain team. Uh, maybe it's a certain hitter. Is there a moment or a moment or two where you can think of in that journey where you were like, oh, like this isn't just going to work for me. Like I'm going to be able to have success getting big league hitters out throwing sidearms. So throwing sidearm. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of obviously really cool um, moments along the way so far. And um, I think with any pitcher, you just kind of, you know, nothing's guaranteed. So um, obviously you just want to, you know, keep, keep attacking each hitter, like, you know, like it's your first, like it's your last. So, I mean, like, uh, I think from that aspect, uh, you know, try to do my best of staying in the moment and, 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 um, you know, really, really focusing on the task at hand, but obviously there's been some pretty cool, some cool outings, some, some really good hitters that I've been, been lucky enough to, to face and, and have success against. And, you know, it gives you confidence moving forward. Um, you know, every, every kind of good outing, you kind of stack on top of each other and it kind of, gives you confidence moving forward and, uh, you know, being traded here and, and getting out there on the mound already and, and having a couple outings where they went well and kind of gives you, gives you a little extra boost as far as like your next one. And so you try to try to do your best to stack those on top of each other as much as possible and, and kind of, uh, you know, just <clears throat> keep focused on the task at hand and, and whoever's in the box, you kind of just go after and approach, uh, approach the same way. You know, you said before, when I asked about why the organization, you know, thought you'd be a candidate to throw sidearm, you know, you talked about the organizational need and then also with you particular fact that you kind of threw three quarters already and then that you bounce back quickly from things. What, what in you, Scott, allows you to bounce back quickly? And clearly my almost one-year-old daughter, <laughs> Evie, wants to know as well. Yeah, what, what, like what, <laughs> what, yeah she, she's very curious. Yeah. She's very curious. Yeah. If you see me just randomly waving hi yeah. every now and again, that's, that's just me. me. She's, yeah, 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 yeah. She's, she's very big on, on <laughs> saying hi. Very big on saying hi. That was that's her first awesome. word. Um, yeah, it's fun. You know, it's actually fun. We, we walk in the, uh, we go for walks in the morning. It's like every single person that we pass, she'll say hi to. And yeah. it's actually very, very sweet uh, to see like, somebody like just starting their day, like maybe they're like head in their phone or they're like not paying attention at all. And they have this baby say hi to them. It's yeah. like, Oh, like, yeah, this is like, you know, it's just like yeah. uplifting for them yeah, for their absolutely. day. Absolutely. Uh, but, but I, I guess what, what about you and your, um, and your, you know, your makeup allows you to bounce back quickly. Is that a learned thing? Is that a, is that something that's just always been in you? Is that something like, you meditate a lot. You're into stoicism. You're just like, this is how I am. What, what, what kind of allows you to bounce back quickly, Scott? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's just kind of, I've been almost a reliever for like my entire pro career. I was a reliever mostly in college. I was, or I, in high school, I started like my last two years, but I like my first time on varsity, I did relieve ball games. So like, obviously there's an aspect of you have to come into the game like more often, like, you know, it's like less of a routine. You kind of just have to be a bit like best ability is available to do with that. So I think from mostly in college, I think like just being have that, having that ability to kind of go one or two innings and come back, you know, the next day, the day after that and kind of go out there kind of was like ingrained into me, I guess. So mm. <clears throat> going to the minor leagues as a reliever, you kind of learn that process, what you need to do to take care of your body um, and make sure you're ready to go every night. Cause 
you know, uh, that's how you, that's how you have success in this game is, is being able to, um, you know, go out there and, and do your job every night and stay consistent. So, um, I think it's definitely a process that I've learned and I'm still learning from a lot of the veteran guys have been great as, you know, as far as like, you know, talking about, Hey, you know, maybe conserve your throws today or, Hey, you know, like, you know, um, you know, take, take, take a little bit more time in the training room, like whatever it may be like stuff like that. So, um, and, and a lot of, play, you know, every player has their own routine as far as that goes. But I think for relievers, just kind of leaning on a lot of the veteran guys for me has been huge. Uh, we had, we had a great veteran group in Chicago, <clears throat> a lot of, a lot of success in that, in that bullpen and, um, you know, kind of listening to guys here as far as like how, how their process goes over the years. But, uh, I think for me, just, you know, being able to take care of myself and take care of my arm and, and, you know, make sure I'm mentally locked into to every game because, you know, I never know when you get your number's going to get called. So, um, I think for me, that's kind of my biggest thing that I take pride in just being, just being available every day and, and, you know, try my best to go out there and, uh, have the, have the team know, know what they're going to get every time I take the ball. If I, I'm trying to think if it was you on the mound, I think it was in the extra inning game in Seattle, the nothing, nothing game that you guys ended up losing where I think you got the first two hit or you somebody walked and then you got two hitters out and then Blake came to the mound for the fourth hitter and it was the catcher and he, he, he flew out to right to end the inning. Was that you on the mound when Raleigh got out to end the inning? Um, I got the first, I got the first two guys and then Matt came out. Um, yeah. For that, uh, for that mountain visit before I faced Raleigh. Yeah. Yep. So that's, yeah. Okay. Right. You got, right. You got Mm -hmm. the first two guys. Okay. I'm going to tell you what I'm thinking when I see that. And I love Matt Blake. I think he's done a wonderful job, but I'm thinking, dude, he's rolling right now. Why are you (laughs) coming to the mound right now? Like leave him alone. Just let him do his thing. (laughs) And I, I I always think this, and it's funny because us in the booth, we'll talk, we'll talk about that sometimes off air and be like, and David Cohen will talk about it sometimes on air and say like, you know, there are certain times where you feel in a rhythm and you don't want that sort of staccato to be interrupted, even if it's to, you know, even if it's to give some wisdom or advice or, or Intel on a hitter that, that, you know, maybe wasn't top of mind or you weren't preparing for. How do you, I'm not asking you to throw Matt Blake under the bus, but I'm wondering <laughs> how, when you feel like, Oh, you, you've gotten like a little bit of a, a rhythm, you've gotten two big outs and you see the pitching coach coming out there. How are you kind of staying in that zone of effectiveness without it breaking as you're having that conversation. Yeah, I think, I think for me, honestly, like, and that was probably a good time to take him on visit for, for me personally, because, you know, okay, what, good. once you kind of get going, like, yeah, you know, not the game speeds up, but you do get in a rhythm and, and kind of like, sometimes you can kind of just throw and, and not think about the, you know, the process. So I think at that point, obviously big moment of the game, um, you know, I want to make sure we're on the same page, uh, with the catchers and everything. And, and, and that gives me a chance to breathe. And like I said earlier, just kind of slow down a little bit, um, reset, regather my thoughts and, and, um, you know, now, now I have, you know, kind of our game plan of like what we want to do to attack the pitcher or to attack, attack the hitter. And I think I ended up getting him out on the first pitch. So, um, it was, yeah, you know, you did. Yeah. yeah, obviously good mound visit there whenever you can get, <laughs> you get the out there. So, um, Matt's been great as far as, as far as that goes. And that was really kind of one of my bigger, my first bigger moments. And, and, you know, with the Yankees and I think he just wanted to make sure that we're on the same page, me and Trevor are on the same page and we knew what we were doing to attack this guy. So, um, he's been great so far, as far as, you know, 
talking in between innings if I'm going back out there, or like after outings, as far as like what works and, and, you know, how to attack these hitters. But um, yeah, I think for me, honestly, like taking those mound visits kind of gives me a chance to slow down, regather my thoughts and, and kind of continue on what got me to those first, you know, first two quick outs. When you're out in the pen is because uh, a lot of times we will see for anybody, not just you, if a, if a fourth hitter in the inning comes to the plate or if a pinch hitter comes to the plate, we'll see a, a mound visit where, you know, presumably you're getting a scouting report when you're leaving the bullpen and Hark, Mike Harkey is going over things with you. How many hitters is he, is he kind of preparing you for and, and giving you Intel on? Is it, you know, is it just the amount of hitters that it would take to get out, to get out of the inning or is it beyond that? How does that work, Scott? I think it's uh, usually like the focus is on the first guy. Um, definitely like we want to get the first out of the inning or if you're coming in with traffic yep. on, we definitely want to you know be able to attack that guy. So I think that, you know, the first, first couple hitters, I'm uh, really going to get a, a good idea. And uh, yeah, if you're starting an inning, we'll go over the first three hitters that you'll face that inning. And hopefully that's the only three, but um, yeah, if, if we do need to make a mound visit, there's, you know, a conversation that goes along with that. So um, park has been, park has been great. I mean, like I said, like every, everyone here has been super helpful as far as, far as like, get me on the same page with everybody. And, you know, I'm a guy that definitely likes to know like what he thinks, um, as far as that goes and like, uh, where do you think I can get this guy and what do you think I should start him with? So I'm always having those conversations, uh, with him and, and he's been great so far as like, Hey, you know, you have this to him and like, you know, this could be a put away pitch or, you know, whatever the conversation may be. So, um, just kind of having that confidence knowing like, okay, like, you know, and then you obviously have to react to hit or two. Like, so like there's definitely times where it's like, Hey, he was on that pitch. Like maybe let's go to plan B or whatever. So, um, just kind of paying attention to the game. He does such a great job of kind of watching the hitters and, and learning them throughout the, throughout the season, throughout the game and what they're doing. So, um, really just kind of, uh, you know, happy to, happy to have those conversations before I go in and makes me feel you know pretty confident in my stuff. Hark is such a great dude too, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. He's awesome. He's the best. <laughs> he is. He's just an awesome, awesome guy. <laughs> Well, Scott, we so appreciate the time, man. Excited for you in this opportunity. Excited for the the success. Pumped that your wife is getting to come here, see you in the pinstripes this weekend. Um, hopefully, uh, I know you're not going to be used on three straight days, but hopefully she sees two outings <laughs> of scoreless ball. Um, and, uh, and hopefully, you know, you guys uh, break out of it. I guess th- that's the last thing I'd ask. Just from a team standpoint right now, Scott, what's the focus? This team obviously has had ton of success this season, but this is now an extended funk of which you've been just a, a, a little part of the last couple of weeks, but, but what's the focus as a group as you guys try and navigate out of what's, you know, a, now a sizable chunk of disappointing baseball, but still a sizable lead in the standings. Yeah, I think, I think it's that, I think, you know, these guys did such an amazing job, you know, the first half of building this lead for, you know, obviously don't want to say like four moments like this, but, um, we, I think everybody in the clubhouse would, you know, agree that we, you know, would like to play better, but, um, it's part of the season. It's a long season. It's why you play 162. We're getting everybody's best shot every night. And, you know, um, I think, I think the vibe in the clubhouse is we're too good to kind of continue down this. So we're just kind of waiting for whatever moment it is to kind of, uh, you know, break out. And I think, you know, I think we'll be completely fine as far as that goes, but, um, everybody's, everybody's pulling the same, same direction, you know, um, you know, everybody's, everybody's still showing up to the park every day, ready to ready to win and, and giving it their best. So, 
um, I think you just continue to do that. And, you know, at some point, like I said, you know, what one big moment or a couple of games we could kind of put together and get back on, you know, get back on a roll. Well, Scott, we look forward to that happening. Uh, thank you so much for the time man. congrats on uh, being with the Yankees and, and, and kudos to you for totally deviating from what you had done forever and turning it into a, you know, your ticket to the major leagues. Pretty amazing, man. Yeah. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate it. You got it. See you soon, Scott. Alrighty. So our thanks to Scott Efros, who was, I thought, really good, really insightful. I mean, the fact that he was willing midway through his minor league career, where he wasn't dreadful, he had had some success in the minors, but was was kind of now sort of vacillating uh, between, okay, where's he going to go? Is he going to make the leap from double A or not? For him to take that advice from Ron Vallone, to drop down, to really hone the craft, to work on it, and to have the success he's had now, I thought just an awesome, awesome story. And I was so glad for Scott, uh, for us and our audience, for Scott to go into detail about it the way that he did. Um, all right. You guys know the deal. New episodes every Thursday. Bonus episodes as well. CC will be back uh, next week. Um, and make sure uh, you are downloading, rating, reviewing, subscribing, wherever you get your podcasts, and especially on our YouTube page as well. We're buckling up for October. Hope you're enjoying the last few weeks of summer. It's always like that interesting thing, right? It's like a combination of exciting and depressing because fall is amazing, especially as a sports fan. You know, September, October, you know, early November, they're just amazing, amazing months. But there's also something sad about when you're getting towards the end of summer. That's kind of where we are right now. This juxtaposition of joy and sadness. Yeah, and that's what we'll leave you with this week on R2C2. You guys are the best. We'll be with you next week. Peace, everybody. <laughs>